0: Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray.
1: And I'm your co-host, Andrea Murray.
0: Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the Special Abilities community.
1: Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. welcome to our podcast, Keisha. We're so glad that you're here and we're excited to get to hear a little bit about you and your family and your experiences in particular in the Down syndrome community. So if you like to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your family for those that have never met you before.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is my favorite space to share about is in the special needs community. So um, my name is Keisha Cox and My husband and I live in Murray, Utah, and we have seven children. Um, Our third daughter was born with Down syndrome. We did not know until she was born that she would have Down syndrome, a total surprise to us, so we can get into that a little more, but the brief background is after she was born, we had some trouble getting pregnant again, had a couple really hard miscarriages and late miscarriages. And we're kind of lost on what our path should be, but we felt like it included more children and, um, we had never thought about adoption before. And we just, we weren't that couple that, you know, talked about that before marriage or ever thought that that was part of our, our plan. One thing led to another, and we found a little girl named Mia who also has Down syndrome and she was living in an orphanage in Ukraine, and she was the same age as our three. And so we adopted her, and then while we were adopting her, we got home with her. We brought her home in 2011, and a week later, found out we were pregnant with twins, and they were definitely a surprise. They were identical twins, but they have a rare condition called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. So long story short, that's like a whole other story, but they needed um, a life-saving surgery at 20 weeks. And so we had that done in California. And then I was on bed rest for five months with that. And then thought we were good. We had six girls and dad had, you know, accepted the fact that he didn't have his little buddy. And (laughs) then... A few years later, we found a picture of a little boy in Ukraine with Down syndrome in an orphanage and just felt like he was supposed to be part of our family. And that's Noah. So we have the six girls and then one boy and three of those seven have Down syndrome.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's that is you have a lot of really neat stories how your family came together. So we're excited to dive into those a little bit more. You're a busy mom of seven kids. So maybe let's just back up to when you found out that Bree had Down syndrome. What was that like for you? What was your experience with the with the special needs community before her? Had you had any experience? Or was she kind of your introduction into that community?
2: So, yeah, we had had very little experience. Like I didn't have, I didn't go to high school with anyone with special needs in that way. My husband didn't really have any experience. We had a tiny bit in our neighborhood. Um, there was a, a young man with Down syndrome at the time that we were pregnant with Bree in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I can see how some of those little interactions were, you know, helping me, but I didn't yeah. know it at the time. Um, But that was it. It was very, very little. So when we were delivered the information that she had down syndrome, first of all, it was done very negatively, very um, depressing, very like hush, hush. You know, the doctors all stood around and kind of kept coming in and asking us weird questions like, does she look like your other kids? You know, what, what do you think about how she looks? And we were kind of like, I mean, she's chubby than my other babies. <laughs> like, I didn't see it um, right yeah. away. My husband did, but he did didn't we? see anything at that time. Do you um, think that they
0: were, were trying to have you identify? Yeah, I think that, so. Really? Because
2: mm-hmm. they can't. Well, and, and they aren't really supposed to tell you. I guess the pediatrician is technically the one that's supposed to deliver that news, but it was very, very weird, a weird feeling. And so then they finally came in and and said, you know, I think your daughter has down syndrome. And it was just like this sadness in the room. Like nobody was smiling. There was no um, congratulations. It was like, Mm -hmm. here's this news. And then here's a pamphlet. And the pamphlet was like way outdated, you know, basically just like, here's all the scary stuff that can happen. Mm -hmm. And then they left. you know, and kind of just left us with that. And we just sat there obviously in tears. I was in tears. My husband was strong at the time. He didn't cry till I wasn't in his sight, but, um, but I just cried and cried because all I could think about was all the things that she wasn't going to get to do and that our family wasn't going to get to do. And some of our family members, you know, the first things they brought up were things like, well, what is this going to mean to her sisters? She was the third. So we had the two girls already who were still young, you know, and how can we change this? And, and just everyone was reeling in this diagnosis that nobody knew anything about and nobody had, you know, a real experience with. And so I remember just, well, they, they took her away too, because she had some breathing issues and I didn't get to see her for 24 hours after that, I'd oh, wow. had a C-section and and they took her down to the nursery and uh-huh. I couldn't be moved yet. And so for 24 hours, I just sat in this little corner, dark room of this hospital, just crying about how my life was over, you know, like we were going to be that family that you know, is just looked at differently now. And we're going to be not be able to do all the things that we want to do. And I was thinking literally, I hadn't even held her yet. And I was thinking Mm -hmm. of like, she's never going to go to prom. She's never going to get to dance. She's never going to get to like, I literally only thought of. You're just thinking of the next thing. Yeah. Like there was nothing positive that came. Like, it's horrible now to think that and to look back at, at my reaction, but that's how it was. Like, there was nothing well that's yeah that's that's so pain. sad
1: just you know the way the diagnosis came and it is hard we had a similar experience in Nashville's farm where it was kind of like they just like offer you condolences and everybody's like yeah. oh I'm so sorry and you're like well how am I supposed to act right. like I just, I just got this brand new baby and what am I like supposed to do with this really wrong
2: <laughs> yeah. like thanks, yeah. but yeah so at
1: what say. point for you did that begin to change did you um at what point did you feel like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't as bad as I initially thought just a gradual yeah. process, or would you say there was like, um, a light at some point that went on?
2: Some of both. The first moment that I felt peace was because of Brie. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that 24 hours, when I finally got wheeled down to her room, she was in the little incubator. And like, I put my hand in her little cube, you know, that she was in her oxygen and She just like squoze my finger and I just knew, like, I didn't know how it was going to be doable or what any of it meant, but I knew that it was going to be okay because of her, because I had her to do it with. And because you could just feel this like power in this tiny little body that was like, mom, we're going to, we're going to do it and it's going to be fine. And you know, it's going to look different, but that's okay. Yeah. That was like what I had to, like, that was a really powerful moment. Uh Um, And that's what I even still 15, almost 15 years later, Uh um, like have to go back to at times and, and remember that and, yeah, and like, hold on to that piece because it's not necessarily easy, you know, but like, it just changed, it changed everything, and it was like, okay, this is not a horrible thing, like, this yeah. is going to be we're gonna figure this out, and there's a lot mm-hmm. to learn, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be awesome because of her. Like, it's because of her, like, she's still my child, she's my yeah. baby, and that kind of changed too. Where it was like, for 24 hours, I had this image of like this thing I don't know how to even explain it, like, not my mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah. Right.
1: You were, you were seeing
2: all the negative
1: and you were actually yeah. seeing her right. and like her, with her energy. Right. Yeah. So I am curious with that myself. experience, um, that you went through. So you, you had that experience and I kind of had a different experience where like when Nash was born, like they handed him to me and like let me hold him and like when so when they told me that he had down syndrome it was kind of like I was already like so relieved because like I had him and I was holding him and I think that that makes a big difference right because you do like you said you like feel that presence and that spirit and you're like okay like here's my baby You know, this baby is amazing, and like, good things are going to happen. Like, we don't know how, but like, it's just comforting when you have them, like, physically there and holding them. So, if you were going to go back and do that experience again, would you? Um, like, what advice would you give yourself, or how would you
2: tell your doctors, even you know, to act different, or like, how would you want?
0: The the advice for the doctors would be wonderful. versus
2: that's like a huge one that I've always wanted to do more Mm -hmm. with even all these years i'm like i want to do more like education in that arena because you know the ob is the one who sees you first but he's really he or she is not really the one that's supposed to deliver this news you know pediatricians yeah. do that so mm-hmm. it's like this whole thing that could be handled very differently and so if i was to go back to the doctors mm-hmm. um and the and our actual ob was was better about it like he wasn't the one that was super weird about it mm-hmm. but they just back then it was fifteen years ago they just didn't know either like in you know in their education and maybe even in their personal lives like mm-hmm. that's all they knew was oh, they this, weren't sure what to tell you yeah, this is a problem like yeah and there wasn't I think social media is such a huge gift for um the special needs community because it gives us those positive um, interactions, hope, so oh, yeah, and positive modelings and things like mm-hmm. that that we didn't, you know. When I went home with Brie, it was like Google Down syndrome and there's like yeah, all the negative yeah, the things. drawing of a kid <laughs> and like all the worst things. There's exactly. not like a yeah. normal family that happens yeah. to have a child with Down syndrome in it, like. Mm-hmm. Um. So I would I would want to tell myself like you know, take one step at a time, because obviously my instant reaction at that first was like looking at all the future things. And even now I have to do that when we hit a new phase of hard, you know, we're hitting, well, we've hit puberty last few years. Like when we hit these new Mm hards, I have to tell myself, like, we only have to do this one day at a time. Like, we don't have to have this all figured out. I don't have to know what she's going to do in college today. I just have to know how to get through today. Yeah. And so I wish I would have had more of like that mindset right at the beginning, because then mm-hmm. I, I would have done that better. And it's ironic because when we got Noah, he was a baby. So Mia mm-hmm. was not, she was a toddler,
0: mm-hmm. but when we brought
2: Noah home, he was a baby. And I honestly yeah. felt like I got the second chance with mm-hmm. Noah to love him and like appreciate the things that I didn't with Bree because I was so worried I mean, I loved Brie and she was the, yeah. an awesome baby. And I don't like regret my experience with her, but I didn't soak it up like I did with Noah because I realized so much of it didn't matter. Yeah. Well,
1: like, and you didn't know with Brie, right? But then by the yeah. time Noah came, you like knew, you're like, this is going to be awesome. This right. is like, amazing. This is
2: like, great, And I actually love that you're not going to walk for three years <laughs> because <laughs> like I get to snuggle you for three years. And whereas yeah. with Brie, I was like, oh she's like, come on, we're working so hard and she's not doing it. And and it was just like a weird perspective change for me that Mm -hmm. not everybody gets. Obviously we had a unique situation where we got that, but Mm -hmm. I think that that's what I would tell myself. And then the doctors and nurses, I would just want to say, don't say, I'm sorry. Just say congratulations. Yeah. Be happy and excited about it. Yeah. You can't, I mean, yes, there's scary things, and that, that doesn't mean you should gloss over like the struggles or the health problems or mm-hmm. the concerns, but you can say all of that like in a congratulatory way. And yeah. what, like, I always say, my husband and I have talked before, you know, he has asthma, he had mm-hmm. broken, like, you look at like his life, right? Like, he has asthma, he broke bones all the time, and his nose mm-hmm. playing basketball, and all these things. And it's not like when he was born, they handed him to his mom and they're like, well, he's going to get asthma. He's going to end up in the ER when he's five. And then you're going to really struggle with all of his allergies, you know, and he's going to yeah. end up in the ER from horses, And then he's going to break his foot. Like they don't yeah. give you your typical baby and give you this list of what ifs, but with our babies with special needs, for some mm-hmm. reason, they give you this list of what ifs right. yeah. and yes, I know that it's necessary to understand but that shouldn't be in the forefront like it should be congratulations and here's how you can navigate this right yeah cuz they're that- born they're
1: born in this medical environment right cuz you're at a yeah. hospital and so you know, it's it's it makes sense that the doctors are like, oh, well, here's all the medical things that can go wrong. But when you're in that situation and you see that, that's a horrible way to start, right? Because you're like, right. oh, like these could right. be all the wrong things. Like, how
2: about you know, just give me a breath of congratulations, <laughs> and then we can go down that list. <laughs>
1: so
0: yeah, something yeah. that I I would want to share that wasn't there's two experiences we had that I think are pretty applicable here. One was when Nash was born. Our doctor, Doctor Heiner. So this was a a while, you know. He was the Mm ob Yep. This was a half hour or so after Nash was born, and Andrea and I were both very emotional, as you can imagine. And and he came up to us, and he like grabbed us, and he got like close to us, and he said, "This is awesome. This is going to be okay. Like this is a blessing. This is a really really special little baby right here that you guys have been entrusted with," and like. I'm so thankful he did that. Yeah. And in fact, Andrea just he
1: was awesome.
0: Just wrote him a letter probably within the last year thanking him for that. <laughs> because here we are 14 years later. And, and he approached it that way. And it and it wasn't like uh, you know, in your traditional sense of, you know, congratulations, you know, like you won right. or whatever it may be. They they were very somber and he or he was very somber, he was very respectful, but he was very positive as well. And I think that, that, uh, that that's an important thing. So that leads me to another experience that I would say for Andrea and I, that we made a mistake on when uh, we had a friend that had a child that had down syndrome. And from our perspective, you know, now 14 years later, it's like, you just won the lottery. Like this is the best thing ever. And, and we overdid it to be honest <laughs> And in that first day or two or whatever, and, and we're like, this is so amazing, like this is the best thing ever. Like, seriously, you won the lottery. And that's not correct either, because <laughs> there are very right. raw emotions that are felt. And there's a grieving process yeah. that we experience because what we expected was not what is going to transpire. And right. so um I, I just put a shout out to Dr. Heiner for how he handled it. And I yeah,
2: think it was, it was really good to have that. Sorry, go you. ahead. No, I just can say that's super important. As I've kind of looked over the years, you know, I think we all tend to look back and feel some guilt maybe for not, you know, like some guilt that, that would be affect our child that we didn't react the way that we would react now, but it was essential to the process. Like if I had reacted differently, I might not have Gained what I have now, either, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was part of the growing. And as you were saying, like there is a grieving process, and that is allowed and essential and important because it's just part of the path. And so that's something that I tell people, you know, if they come to me with a prenatal diagnosis or just barely had the baby, like those same things, because we did the same thing, Brady, where we have a sister-in-law. My sister-in-law knew before her baby was born that she was going to have down syndrome or they thought she would. And we did the same thing. We're like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And, and then realized like it is, but she's not there yet. And that's okay. And so when these moms have these babies and they're not there yet, that's okay. Like you don't have, you don't have to be there.
1: And there's,
2: there's days where none of us are there, even 30 years later, you know, it's that's mm-hmm. part of the process too. And some days yeah. we don't like it. <laughs> and you know, there's it's just all in the learning and growing with that. For sure.
1: It's definitely a process, isn't it? Just all the emotions and everything that come with it. And like you said, it changes over time. You know, you have some days where you're like, this is great. And then you have other days where you're like, this is not going well. This at is all. not great. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I would be really interested to learn, you know what has transpired over this last decade plus with Brie and and what she's been able to experience and accomplish. And we'd love to hear the end of the story or the, you know, the middle of the story at least um, about her life.
2: Brie is the third daughter and her other two sisters have danced since they could walk. And Brie took longer to walk. And probably as soon as she could take a step, she was dancing and like trying to keep up with the two older sisters. Keisha, that, did
0: you were you involved in dance as well? Was that something that
2: not you like involved? they are? I did dance um, you know, on and off through my life. I was a cheerleader, so I danced a little with cheerleading, but not like my girls are. Mm-hmm. They they got some
0: they got it from, from Chris.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they have always like just loved it. And so she just wanted to be right there with them. And I remember when she was younger, you know, we would do these little videos in the living room and she's in a tutu copying what Kyra and Adri are doing and so cute, so fun. And, and I remember in the back of my mind thinking, well, yeah, this is cute and fun when she's five and she's like included in all of this, but what happens when she gets older, and she's not able to do these same things. And she always just kind of had a knack for it. So fast forward, you know, we had her in some dance classes and things. And sometimes she was totally accepted and included the way that we would hope. And then other times she wasn't. And it was more of like, well, we're not gonna move her up because, you know, she's not ever going to be on a competition team. And so we don't really need to move her to this next level. How, how was that?
0: And when you when you heard that, how did you process that?
2: Probably not well. <laughs> <laughs> um, little mama bear for sure. Which is another thing that's hard that's hard to navigate as parents of these kiddos with special abilities is that it's like this, you know, we are their voice in whatever they do to some degree but also we have to like do that. We have to be their voice in a way that makes them proud and, and makes them okay with it. Right. Which is hard to explain, but like Brie would never like Bree doesn't hold a grudge. I'm not as good at that as she is. <laughs> and so like, I would have to take a step back and think, okay, Brie's not holding this against this person or this group or whoever it was. So I need to figure out how to navigate it with her, like still standing up for her and fighting for her, but like in a positive way. And some years we some years I failed at that and didn't do very good and pulled her out and just didn't let her dance because I was gonna show them, you know, then you don't get her in your group, you know? And then other years I pushed her and we fought the fight and and stuff like that and so she took a break from dancing I guess maybe the end of elementary but she still did it all the time at home and come junior high her older sister her oldest sister decided to try out for the drill team and we knew nothing about drill world like she just did it on a whim and made it and spiraled this we've now been in the drill team world for seven years and the first performance she did Brie was so Brie's like four years younger than her she was Brie was probably in sixth grade fifth or sixth grade and she watched Kyra on the football field at the high school and she was like I'm gonna do that I'm gonna be at Murray I'm gonna be on the drill team and we're just like okay like you know just didn't want to say anything to her, but in the back of my mind, I thought, I don't know that you can do that. Like I doubted it. And she just kept saying she was going to do it. And so she would learn, she would watch the, the routines. Like she, to this day, seven years later has routines memorized of her oldest sister that she can do like no problem. And her oldest sister probably can't even remember those. And so last year she was at the age where she could try out and we're like oh what do we do um was she
0: asking to try out
2: yeah and I mean she didn't know that it was like the age she could necessarily but she knew that she wanted to once she hit high school and they let them try out in ninth grade so they let her or so we knew it was coming and we knew the coaching staff the coaching staff has been with us since Kyra and you know I just kind of asked them, like, if we, if we have her try out, like, what is this, you know, what do you think of this? What does this look like? And the coach was like, we're going to have her do the same thing that every girl's expected to do. She's going to come to tryouts and she's going to learn the dance and she's going to try out. Like it wasn't, you know, she, this coach has never thought that Brie needed some extra, you know, I don't know what the right word is. She just saw Brie as like, of course she can have a chance to try out the same way. So Brie tried out and made the team. And the first, like the two years before this, the last few years, it's junior high, which is a weird time for any kid. And I think our kids carry more than we realized because they can't express it the same. Like teenage life is hard for all these kids, but then you add these special abilities and they're trying to navigate it with like this different roadmap. And I feel like Brie was lost for the, for like her seventh and eighth grade year. She Mm -hmm. just was, she was not smiling a lot. We kept making comments that like, she just didn't seem happy the way she usually was. And then she made the drill team and it was like her life just fit again. And she came home the night that she made the team and Chris was working late. And so he hadn't heard if she made it and she called him on the phone and I was recording her and she started crying and telling him that she made it. And I realized like, she is such a tender heart that she never knew that she could cry for being happy. Like she only attributed crying to being sad. And she couldn't really understand what was happening as she was telling dad, I'm like, are you okay? And she's crying, you know, and she's like, yeah. And so she made this drill team and that was, um, last spring. So she's now been on the team for almost a year and she works so hard and she goes to these practices and she watches the movie, the videos of the dances and she works so hard and She's just finally, like, she's being given a chance to show the community and the world, really, that if we give them the tools and we give them the opportunities, they can excel in these ways that they want to. Like, this isn't the answer for everybody. You know, we talk about Bree's gift is like the ability to be, you know, to teach people about inclusion and Because she's a very social kid and she wants to be in the middle of the teenage life. So that is her superpower, if you will. She wants to be there and she does it with such love and grace that it benefits everyone around her. So for her, inclusion looks like being given the chance to be on the dance team. The other thing that is a blessing is that in a lot of school districts, the kids with special needs are bused to different schools, not in their neighborhood. And if that were, would have been the case here, Brie couldn't have danced with her sister, which is the whole reason that she wanted to do it was because she saw her sisters doing it. And she didn't, she doesn't know that she has limitations that the world looks at and says, well, yes, your sisters can dance, but you can't. She doesn't know that. And so she's just going to do it. And because the school district was set up how they should be, where these kids can go to school in their neighborhood schools right along with their siblings. She got that opportunity. So there's like so much that is in this little drill team. Like I tell the coaches all the time, I'm like, this is more than just a drill team. Like this is a this is a big deal. And and they just love Brie and and they don't even really notice how big of a deal it is. But you know, we've gone to these competitions now this year and like she's just changing lives. Like a few weeks ago, she, so she performed a solo as well. So she's um, doing solos and she's competing and she placed in her solo. And at first I did the same thing. And this is teaching me like, stop doubting her. Like she's just going to do it. And she did her solo and I, they got to the awards and I thought, okay, she's not going to get an award. So like I'm prepping for, how to manage that with her and she gets fifth place. And then, and then even that I'm like, okay, there must've only been five in the category. Like I, myself, as her mom, I'm doubting all this and she's just blowing me away again. And I look at the, the list and there was 10 in her category. And I'm like, she earned her place. Like she totally just went out there and danced her heart out. And after that competition, I went up to some of the, people who were running it and just told them, thank you for making it such a inclusive environment and how much we appreciate it. And they all just stood there crying, these um, ladies that were running it. And the one said, I've been in drill my whole life and watching Brie dance changed my entire like perspective of what dance should be. And she's like, the rest of us are all worried about if I'm good enough or if I can keep up with that girl. Or if I have this move, perfect. And she's like three walked out there and she just danced with such joy. And like her whole being was just joy because that's what she loves to do. And she's like, that's what the dance world needs to be about.
0: That is the most inspiring really story. There's, there's two things I'd love you to elaborate on. One is the fear that you had as a parent. And so walk us through that because oftentimes I call it, I say, don't be a clownfish. And it references one of our favorite movies, Finding Nemo and Marlin, the clownfish just tried to hold Nemo back. No, you can't do it. No, you can't do it. And honestly, he was just trying to protect him. Mm -hmm. But in doing so, he was holding him back from realizing his full potential. Did you find yourself in those moments doing that?
2: 1,000%. and the very first time she walked on the floor last year right after they made the drill team they did like a showcase and i've never been more terrified in my life and she was about to walk on the floor and i was leaned over to my husband and i'm like what are we doing like we are putting her out there and like i was so scared because i wanted to protect her and i thought if she, what if she messes up what if she I don't know. Like, what if it just falls apart, and then then it's just another reason for people to judge her, or to make fun of her, or to, you know, like we have disappointed, or yeah, we have this extra guard around our kiddos with special abilities because we know that they are just so good and just so pure that we don't want that ruined. And so I think that is what it takes us as a community, as parents, as friends, as neighbors, it takes courage from us to like have the faith or take that step to let them try something because we don't want them to get hurt. And I would say that is the same with any of our children, but you know, like if you compare Adrian and Brie, like Adri can navigate some of that, that Brie can't. And so I just remember sitting there going, oh no, like almost wanting to just like rewind it all and be like, nope, I just want to keep her in my little bubble protector and it's fine. And then she goes out there and just blows everyone away. And at the same time, I think even if she hadn't, we still owe it to her and to everyone in this, you know, association with her to let her try it. And she's the first person with Down syndrome that has been on drill team in.
0: Guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. And so so. that that brings me to that second point though, because, and there was a reference that you made to a superpower, to a special ability, to, to that influence. And you shared that story with these judges, these ladies that have been judging drill, that have been involved with dance their entire careers, and you're talking with them and they're crying and they had a complete paradigm shift and they were touched and inspired because of Brie and that superpower. Maybe you can elaborate more on that once you've, once you've faced your fear and allowed her to go out, because she was ready to do it all along, right. <laughs> what, the, what the reaction was and, and what the, the byproduct has been of that. And I, I think it makes sense to even touch on like the news coverage, Um, Touch on the amazing ability that you have to be able to share that story through social, and and what has transpired as a result of her sharing that superpower.
2: Yeah, I think you just obviously we all get in our little world, and we were just thinking of the moment or how this is affecting Brie, and that was so much of what I was worrying about the past year. And as she tried out, and as she's gone to practices, and all these things, I'm like, okay, well, how is How's this affecting Brie? You know, is this good? Is this bad? And then you start having these moments where it's so much bigger than Brie. And you're like, this is part of what she's here to do is to teach us about her superpower. And her superpower is like this genuine joy for her people. And for dance really is her big thing. And because that just radiates her joy and she has the ability to understand in a group, you know, on this drill team, like if somebody is sad, she just has this radar and she'll just go find them and make sure they're okay. You know, and she's not worried about if she's going to get in trouble for moving off the dance floor in her spot because she's more worried about this kid that's you know teary because they messed up or whatever it is and so she's just has this ability and yeah I, I would definitely call it a power to just see people to not judge people and to just be so real with them and to love them and as we've watched her have more of a platform for the first time to to use this power of hers. know she's always had it it's not like it just came last year but she's been able to do it more in a public eye and people are changed because of it and whether it's in a little way like you know how they look at somebody else or whether it's in this huge way you know I've had people from the social stuff that was shared about her journey you know someone with a little baby a mom messages me and says I'm Rocking my three month-old baby with Down syndrome in tears, that there is hope for these opportunities, you know, or someone on the drill team. I mean, the girls on the drill team, I'm always thanking them for taking good care of her and for including her. And they're like, no, like they're thanking us for letting her be a part of their lives because she's doing so much for them. And I think we just, as the parents got get so caught up in that worry that we forget sometimes that like this inclusion and this these opportunities for our kids is not just about my kid with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like I want my daughter Adri to have these experiences because somebody on her team has a special need. That's right. Or because you know the team has to come together like they've just figured it out. Like Brie has different sensory issues, you know, like she needs headphones on in these loud competitions and I have not had to be in the dressing room with her one time I've not had to find her headphones like the team just figures it out and the girls these 15 to 17 year olds are just figuring it out because they're given this opportunity and so instead of as a parent feeling like we're burdening because I think that's what I do a lot is Like, oh, I don't want to, you know, add another burden to someone for this extra need. And so if we change our mindset that we're actually giving everybody a really great opportunity to be a part of something like this, it, it helps a lot because it takes away some of that fear and, and it doesn't, you know, it's not been easy. Like it's not been, it's been a lot of work and her sister has to do a lot that she wouldn't have to do if Brie wasn't on the team you know, and I have to get up with her at five because Bree's not a typical ninth grader who can get herself dressed. And so there's days, like, I think uh, Andrea said something about this at the first, like the, you know, the okay days and then the the not okay days and where you wonder if it's worth it. And you go, you have all these days where you're just like grinding and taking care of all their needs and doing all these things that are kind of above and beyond that. Not everybody understands, unless you have a child with a special need and then you have these moments and you're like okay we're gonna it just like refuels your tank that it's worth it that the fight is worth it that the struggle is worth it you know that it's all just worth it because they're worth it and the world needs more of it like it's just that's kind of the bottom line you know when we shared her little solo so she did her solo competed and there was a girl off stage on the team that was filming Brie walk off the stage and Adri her sister was standing off the stage and Brie just went she walked off so confidently and then she just ran into Adri's arms and they both just started crying and oh wow I was like that is what like 15 years was worth you know just that moment that like it didn't even matter if either of them placed or if anybody even cared that they performed but that this child with special needs got the same opportunity as her sister and that they got to do it together like that's what mattered in the end yeah it's so amazing
1: it's so cool to think of the things that adri's learning too through being able to do, have those experiences and just like what a foundation that is you know for their relationship and like yeah. things that all do together it's amazing
0: yeah so yeah i've, I've always believed When we allow these children to do hard things, they'll rise to the occasion and they'll do them and they'll benefit from it. But ultimately the ones that benefit the most from it are us and it's the crowd and it's the judges and it's for teammates that they're the ones that are benefiting the most from us having some courage to allow Brie to do hard things. We'll add in the show notes, uh, there's been some amazing media coverage that the news and, and, and various uh, media outlets have covered Bree's story and shared those. And so you'll be able to see that in the show notes as well. I want to put a huge shout out for Keisha. I'm a huge fan on her uh, social. She has an incredible Instagram page that you can follow. I think it's Love Makes Miracles. Is that correct? And then an underscore at the end? With an
2: underscore at the end, yes. Yep,
0: yep. And so you can follow Keisha's journey with her family and be able to see Bree and the amazing things that she's doing. Um, Something that I've realized in this podcast is we have like three or four more podcast episodes that we're (laughs) going to do with you. No, we did not get through
2: we haven't even talked about many children
0: (laughs) we haven't talked about uh mia and we haven't talked about noah and they are rock stars and be able to hear their story as well and i think it would have a series yep i think it would make sense (laughs) to have chris join at some point in time as well but this has been amazing yeah
1: And then I think we also need to talk to Adri. I would love to hear just through her lens, her perspective of all the things that have transpired with being able to dance with Brie and she has some amazing experiences to share.
2: I agree. I think that's a a huge niche that we sometimes overlook is these siblings and Mm -hmm. like a connection that the siblings can have with each other and and understanding. Yeah, powerful life life lessons.
0: Yeah. well very good well keisha this has been fantastic thank you for spending some time with us today and we look forward to our further interactions
2: thank you so much thanks Keisha it was wonderful
0: said let me tell you right now <laughs> that's something to be proud of.